So it's my understanding that when the senior pastor is out of the pulpit, that at times the attendance can dip a little. But this, this is kind of ridiculous. Well, in full uh, disclosure, uh, I guess I could say about these times that I am so thankful that you could say a message that we uh, preach a lot, this idea that the church is not a building, but it is uh, a body of believers, a family together, is no more evidence than in the reality that we are still worshiping together, not in a building together, uh, but through um, this uh, medium, this technology opportunity that we have. And so I'm thankful that as we look at God's word here today, that we can still be together uh, as Jesus' church. And so we step into a series here uh, that we have been uh, doing leading up to Easter entitled Jesus Said, where we've been looking at the specific words that Jesus spoke throughout the uh, gospel or the book of Mark. And the word that Jesus wants to give us today, what he wants to say, what Jesus said 2,000 years ago that applies to us today is actually found in just one word in our passage, that Jesus just gives one word uh, to that current setting that we're gonna look at here in Mark chapter seven, if uh, you wanna turn in a Bible there, and also to our current context in the days that we find ourselves in. I mean, here we are, let's be honest, it's uh, the middle of March and we're at home and we're wondering, how are we gonna make it through the month of March without the NCAA basketball March Madness tournament? I think we all can appreciate an appropriate amount of levity in these heavy and uncertain times. Uh, For example, one uh, meme I came across uh, on social media being circulated over this past week, it said, does anyone else feel like life is being written by a fourth grader? And then there was this virus and everyone was scared. And then the world ran out of toilet paper. Yeah, and then there was like no school for a month and then it snowed. It's like, what is happening right now? What uh, is going on in the world? And what does God's word have to say to it in our current and present times? Well, I am encouraged that as we look at our text today, you know, we've been in this series uh, and we actually thought and discussed, you know, should we, you know, maybe rethink our passage or our approach to our message this week, uh, given the times? Um, But the good news is that God knew and God knows, and God's word still stands uh, unchanging, even in these ever-changing times. And so we've just progressed with exactly what we believe God had planned for us here in Mark chapter seven. That just, what we're gonna discover is that this one word absolutely, completely transforms a man's life, and I believe wants to bring change and transformation to our current lives as well. And so follow along with me in Mark chapter seven, starting in verse 31. It says that then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee into the region of the Decapolis. Now, the Decapolis was an interesting territory in that it would have been Gentile or Greek territory. That Decapolis is a a cluster of 10 cities that would have been non-Jewish. You could even say it would have been hostile territory for Jesus. In fact, it was hostile. Two chapters prior, he got uh, run out of town because they didn't want him there. But isn't it interesting that when circumstances shift, when times change, when we, we might say today that you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, 
that we're gonna see in our story, just like we see today, that in desperation, that when we take that desperation, those questions, those concerns to Jesus Christ, so when we surrender those toward him, we discover the word he has for us, what Jesus wants to say to us. And so pick it up in verse 32. Uh, some desperate people. It says, uh, some of these people, they brought to him, brought to Jesus, a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged, they were desperate for Jesus to place his hand on him. So you've got some people who were desperate for Jesus to place his hand on their situation. We have some people who are desperate, desperate for Jesus to place his hand on a current situation. Without much work, I think we can all understand why that applies to us as well. Is that, is, that, is that not our prayer? Is that not our request of Jesus as well? And so verse 33, it says, after Jesus, after he, Jesus, took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears and then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Okay, can I just call like a social distancing timeout on Jesus here? Uh, I mean, sure, given the COVID-19 times, it's one thing, but even the most normal of times, can we be honest that this isn't the most normal thing that we would expect? Uh, some of you were around when those WWJD bracelets, the what would Jesus do bracelets were really popular to kind of inform us on what we were supposed to do and emulate Jesus. I gotta be honest, I'm not sure this is a WWJD uh, moment because uh, apparently spitting on your fingers and touching a man's tongue, not something we wanna be doing right now or frankly, again, in any setting uh, in our times. And so scholars have various theories as to why Jesus did this in that particular setting of the Decapolis in those cultural contexts. But here's essentially the point for us today is that we see here that Jesus shows us that he wants to show us care and bring us healing, but it's not always going to be in the way that we expect. Jesus wants to bring his compassionate care to our situation and bring real healing and real direction, but it might not come in the exact way that we expect. You know, if I were to ask you to look again at verse 32 and guess before it happens what you think Jesus would do in this setting with, for this man that needs healing, if I gave you a hundred guesses, not knowing how the story ends, not one of us is thinking, I mean, that, that is not what we're thinking Jesus is gonna do. But nevertheless, through means and a way that we don't expect, verse 34, it says that he, Jesus, he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, which really just is expressing his compassion on this man's situation, with a deep sigh, he said to him, this one word, and here it is, Ephephtha. Ephephtha, which means be opened. Be opened. And it says in verse 35 that at this, the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Just one word, one word, and Jesus changes everything for this man. Ephephtha, be opened. You know, I wonder for us, that as we think about the word that Jesus has for us, that as we, as it says in verse 32, that as we seek him, as we are desperate for him, 
that as he expresses his care, his compassion, his goodness, his power, as he wants to bring healing and direction to our current situation and situations with just one word, which means be opened. And maybe not in the way we expected, but what does he want to open up your ears to? And beyond that, your mind, your heart, your life, your soul. What does Jesus want to open you up to that he can pour into you what he has in your life for these days? So stay with us as we continue to worship all that Jesus Christ has given us and done for us. And we'll come back uh, to our passage here in a few moments where we will discover that in the midst and the moments of the seemingly strange quarantine kind of same day over and over only with a different date, what God practically wants to do in your life uh, on a real pragmatic level day to day with just one word that he has for you and for me as we look at our Monday, our Tuesday, our Wednesday, and beyond. With just one word, we saw that Jesus changed everything for one man's life. And as I think about that for us here today in our context, what I wonder what one word, what one word would Jesus want to open up our ears to, our hearts, our minds, our lives, our souls to hear from him? And so I have, you could say, two one words from Jesus for us here today as we think about what we need to in these current times or really any time to be opening up our ears and our lives to from Jesus. The first one is the one word, peace. We see it in the book of John uh, where Jesus simply says, peace. Peace I leave with you. I mean, he's giving it to us. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. And thanks be to God in these times with lots of rhetoric on all kinds of sides about what could be coming our way on social media or whatever channels we have coming our way. Jesus does not give us what the world gives us. And so as we Take Jesus and the peace that he gives with us. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so I love that, that every time that in scripture where it says, uh, when, we're, when we're afraid and it says, don't be afraid, it's kind of like, oh gosh, how helpful is that? Uh, but that we have, we could say a replacement. We're not just trying to empty ourselves of fear, but instead we are filling ourselves with the peace of God that we receive in Jesus Christ, his son where Jesus goes on to say what that looks like. In uh, John chapter 16, a couple chapters later, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace because in this world, you will have trouble. He made no bones about it, that there would be trouble in our world. We've known it, we know it, and we'll know it again. But Jesus says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And so when it comes to memes being, you know, shared on social media, I love uh, a quote by a theologian, A.W. Tozer, that I came across. It says that while it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes, there is a God who hasn't surrendered his authority. A God who hasn't surrendered his still sovereignty over all things and everything. Then from there, a second word for us. We hear from Jesus, peace. And the second word that Jesus has from his own words, his own lips, Jesus said, go. 
Jesus said, go. Now that might seem like a strange encouragement at a time where we really can't go anywhere. We feel like we're confined uh, to single places. But uh, hang with me for a second. It says in the end uh, of Matthew, the end of the gospel, the book of Matthew, in Jesus' final words on earth before ascending into heaven, he instructs his disciples and now us, he says, go. Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, to teach them my ways. And know this, again, surely I am with you. I am with you in all this to the very end of the age. And so at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2020, we had a message series together entitled, OK, Go, based on this passage this understanding of Christmas has come, Jesus has come, he's lived, he's shown us the way of peace, he has given us peace with God by his life and death and resurrection, uh, that we realize that we were uh, sinners, but that we have been forgiven of that sin, the sin that separates us uh, from a sinless, perfect God, and so we have a relationship with God. We have, uh, you could say, peace with God, both in this life and for all of eternity. And now, okay, given all that, Jesus says, now go. Go and pass on, share that message, that good news with the world that so desperately needs it, again, at all times, but of course, particularly in this time. And you might say, okay, so how do I go and do that? Well, in a time where we might feel like we're limited in our ability to go, um, God takes for whatever this might be, however you wanna understand it, and he uses it for good. He uses it for the furthering of his gospel. Uh, the apostle Paul, when he's in chains uh, in, in, in Rome, in a prison, he uses that, he says, for the furthering of the gospel because he starts converting the prison guard and the word gets out to all the officials who are over him. God wants to use what might seem like a bondage to us to be trapped inside our homes as a megaphone to proclaim his good news to others. And so how do we do that? Uh, I think of uh, one person I heard from in the life of our church just this past week who uh, going into uh, our online church experience this past weekend uh, shared that we were doing this on Facebook. And an extended family member of hers who was unchurched and who has never been to our church stepped into church, not a building, but into life and worship together via the online uh, opportunity that we're worshiping in right now. And so again, maybe it's not gonna look like we expected as Jesus calls us in that one word to go, uh, but in new and surprising ways as we are led by his Holy Spirit, he wants to lead you and me to go and to share this message of peace and invite others into this journey to discover more and more who Jesus is, both in these times for the rest of uh, their time here on earth and frankly for all of eternity. And so I love the way that our passage in Mark 7 ends in this regard, the way it concludes. It says that after Jesus brings healing to this man in this um, surprising way, uh, and, and he's got him and his group of friends that brought him, uh, it says in verse uh, 36, it says that Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone um, he, I, it was a time where he wasn't ready for uh, the reality that he was the savior, the Messiah to, to be fully let out yet. Um, but it says this, that the more he, told, he did, the more Jesus told him not to tell, the more they kept on talking about it. Point is, they could not keep this news about Jesus to themselves. They couldn't contain it. They had to share it. And it says in verse 37, that the people were overwhelmed with amazement that he has done, it says, everything well. He has done everything well. As it says in the, in the book of Psalms that we can taste and see that the Lord 
is good. Almost this invitation from, from the Lord to say, you know, try me and see and discover that Jesus, he does everything well, that he is good. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And so in our lives, may we too hear, have our ears opened and receive all that Jesus has for us, for his peace, that we might then go and share that news with our mouths, whether virtually or of our phone or however uh, the Lord leads each of us to share that message of peace in the midst of any times that people are facing. Well, in this time together, uh, I wanna invite us to actually pray together uh, that whatever the setting is in your own home, uh, maybe it's you, maybe it's uh, you and one another, maybe it's a a group of people there around the screen uh, to actually pray about some of these matters together as as a church, not in a building, but as one body, as a family together. And so I'm gonna prompt us and uh, make it as unawkward as possible, but I know there'll be a little bit of you beginning to talk and me talking over you in this this context, and that's okay. Uh, We know that God can sort all of this out together. And so why don't we pray together as a church for uh, a few things here uh, that has our attention, that we wanna give our attention and our energy and our pleas really to God in all this. And so first, I wanna invite you to pray for um, our our nation's leaders, our community leaders, our our church and ministry leaders, as well as the medical community as they navigate and lead us in this medical um, challenge of our days. And so would you uh, pray together uh, in your setting? And Father, we also uh, now lift up together those who have been infected with the coronavirus, God, that uh, you'd give them your healing, your peace, your care. And Father, now we wanna lift up uh, our own households to you, uh, that we would have your confidence your peace, um, not like the world's, but only that can come from you in the midst of these times as you lead us. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers. And Father, for those who don't yet know peace with you through Jesus Christ, who don't have a relationship with you, God, because they've accepted your son, Jesus Christ, as their savior, the forgiver of their sin, and the leader and the Lord of their lives, both here and for all of eternity. Lord, we pray for those who don't yet know you and that you would use us to go and share and invite them into your good news. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, for you, you haven't made that last prayer your reality, that Jesus Christ is your Savior, your Lord, the forgiver of your sin. If you've not accepted that um, reality, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ into your life, uh, then you can start that conversation uh, right here online uh, with our online pastoral hosts who would love to help you with those next steps. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, 
We are thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who gives us peace with you, both in this life and the next. And now may we live in it as we receive that one word from you and also share that one word, the peace that you have for others with others by the leading of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. the Lord. 